1: Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. My name is Jay Zawoski. With me is Mario Tiribasi and Greg Boyson. We are presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Thanks for joining us here on this Tuesday afternoon, uh, mere hours after the Hawks blew a 4-0 lead to the Buffalo Savers for a, a 6-5 ultimate loss uh no practice from the team today, but we've got some some fallout from the game last night. We've also got some some other news around the Blackhawks the two Kyles uh, Dubis and Davidson have kissed and made up everything's all better, so we can get into that and some interesting other topics we have as well but fellas, welcome in. It's good to see you virtually for the first time
0: yep sitting sitting here in the office uh Maybe pants on, maybe pants off. I don't know. But,
1: uh, <laughs> There's only one way to find out, my friend.
0: Yeah, well, that's that's for that's for another episode of CHGO Blackhawks after dark. It's, yeah, okay. it's way too early for that. But
2: oh, uh, yeah, that'll so. be on uh, that'll be the West Coast trip. Yeah. The next one.
1: Yeah. yeah. real late, real late. <laughs> real late <laughs> night. Uh, so let's get into it. Last night's game, um, we broke it down in the post game, but we know a totally different audience if you weren't with us uh, super late night. Um, one thing that stood out about this loss in particular is Derek King's tenor after the game. And what we had seen most of the time leading up to that loss was someone who is positive. Most of the time, he would be critical when he needed to be, but more generally critical, some very pointed comments that we're going to get to in a few minutes here. But, uh, that to me, you know, as the anger of the loss sort of burns off, that's what is sticking with me primarily was Derek King's reaction to the loss
2: yeah I mean it like we talked about it uh last night after the game it was it was a a different Derrick King than we're used to seeing it was someone who was visibly upset um you know you you could tell in the way that he was uh addressing the media that he was choosing his words uh pretty carefully about how he was being critical of the team and um, deservedly so they they you know they had a they got out to a four nothing lead and then Everything changed. It was it was a tale of two different games. You know, the Blackhawks played the the right kind of game to uh, you know to to dominate basically the first 22 minutes of the game, and then the rest they just disappeared. To save for you know one one Alex DeBrincat goal in the third period, it was a completely different effort, a completely different team, um, and obviously Buffalo uh, took advantage of that. And just like we saw on Saturday, you know, just a snowball of, uh, of, of bad play from the Blackhawks. And, you know, you see a four goal lead erased. Um, it's pretty, pretty damning.
0: Yeah. I think, um, you know, it doesn't, it takes a lot to get Derek King upset. And that was the most upset we've seen him since he's been Blackhawks interim head coach. And we're going to hear those comments here shortly. Uh, spoiler alert, but, um, you know, what he said was hard to argue with, and when you when he gets really close to per, taking a guy and throwing him under the bus, uh, it doesn't take long to figure out who he was talking about when in these comments. But we might as well get to those comments so we're not confusing people who didn't hear. Yeah, Lawrence, go ahead and fire that
1: up, and we'll, uh, we'll we'll comment on the other side. We stopped playing the game the right way. We just. Decided upon ourselves, take it upon themselves to just go and do what they felt like they wanted to do. Didn't do anything we asked them to do. First period they did, they played the game the right way. Second period,
2: nothing. Third period, yeah, they kind of
1: threw some uh, flashes. It's like putting lipstick on, right? Clean it up a little bit, make it look good. Not good enough. Yeah, very surprised, disappointing, and uh, they should be disappointed. So, we'll we'll find out come uh, next game how disappointed they really are about losing a game like that. That's that. Those comments are. That's his. That's his. Is and he's not pissed. He's not. Derek King. I wrote it for Chgo Sports this morning. If you want to check it out, allchgo.com. He was not. He's not the kind of guy that's gonna flip over a table or dump the Gatorade cooler and start screaming and yelling and breaking sticks and stuff. That's not his personality. He shouldn't do that because it's not genuine. The players would see through something like that. But as we discussed a little bit last night, he is the father figure coach. He's the guy that you don't want to let down. He's the coach that you don't want to disappoint. And that's as disappointed as we've seen him and flat out saying like, look, these guys stopped trying. They stopped competing when they're up for nothing and they're just not good enough to do that. I don't know what it's going to take for the Hawks to realize that they're not a good enough team to not play 60 minutes every single damn game because every time they take their foot off the gas, the other team comes back on them. It happens all the damn time. Whether it's the you know the Red Wings of the 90s or the current-day Arizona Coyotes, if the Hawks take their foot off the gas, those teams are going to catch them. Whether or not they do it before the clock runs out is one thing, but it's it's a common thing we've seen with this team all year long, and they're just simply not good enough. And, and this was sort of a symptom we saw, you know, 2016, 17, 18, when you started to see the, the decline a little bit, the roster still believed it was strong enough to overcome most teams, right? Because you still had Keith, you still had Seabrook and Crawford, and these guys who believed in themselves so strongly, they didn't really realize that their regression was underway. Now there's no excuse. Kane, Taves, and Debrinkett and Jones, no, the rest of the team behind them is not very strong. So if those guys don't put maximum effort for 60 minutes, the guys behind them aren't going to be able to keep them in a game.
2: Yeah, this is, uh, to your point, this is definitely not the the team of old where you could just step out on the ice and be better than two-thirds of the league just by stepping onto the ice. The Blackhawks, as much as we've been conditioned to believe um, over the years like oh yeah you you can you know oh it's the Sabres oh it's the Coyotes oh it's the Habs like th- other teams look at the Blackhawks and go oh it's the Blackhawks yeah like they're, they're not yep. they're not this team that just rolls st- can steamroll the bottom of the league and be and you know have ha- take a night off and still get still get a win you know these this this is not those teams of old this is a team that for the past few seasons has then and in, in the bottom of bottom half bottom third of the league they you know they, they've drafted in the lottery the last couple of years which for almost a decade was was not the case so uh, yeah i mean I, I really don't know it's you know you can't can't call out specific players but i mean collaboratively as a team i don't know who who's out there thinking they can just coast you, the the blackhawks and the sabres you look at it on paper going into the game last night very close together categorically in, you know, their, their power play, their penalty kill goals, for, goals against, like they were v- so evenly matched. This They weren't taking on a, a Sabres team that was so, you know, so poor, poorly constructed or anything like that. Like, you know, we were, we were talking about last, last night, which roster would you rather have moving forward? The Blackhawks, which are essentially going to be blown up in the next few years or the Sabres who Probably have a young core ready to, ready to ready to go, ready to be build built upon. I think the answer is the Sabres.
1: What's well, interesting, and that kind of leads us to our next uh, topic of conversation. Uh, our buddies uh, Scott Powers and Mark Lazarus at the Athletic always do great work, and they wrote this week about how Patrick Kane and Alex it would be a detriment to a rebuild. And my first thought before I opened and read the the piece was it's about salary, right? Like how are they going to afford to pay Alex to bring and Patrick Kane while they're rebuilding. But their point was it's about their talent. And it's very rare for rebuilding teams to have players of that caliber on their team. Because quite frankly, if you're going to be bad enough to get a lottery pick, to get a potential number one, number two, number three pick to have a good chance at that, you have to lose a lot of games, and Kane and DeBrinket alone might keep them too competitive, and that's a really weird place to be. Because look, I think the three of us agree; most of our listeners and commenters on on YouTube agree. No one wants to get rid of Alex DeBrinket. He should be here when the Hawks are entering their next era of competitiveness. He might wear the C on his sweater. Who knows? But Alex DeBrinket needs to be here. But I think that's an interesting thing to think about because do. To Brinkett and Kane make the Hawks too competitive to be, you know, to, to fall low enough to have great draft picks. I don't know that there's really no answer to it because you can't flat out prove that that's the case because they're pretty bad as it is with those guys. But maybe they're better off just—I don't know—because I, I, I want to see Kane break all the records here. I want to see him become the Blackhawks all-time leading scorer, which is which is within reach for him. It's it's tough, but it's within reach. I'd love to see it happen in a Hawks sweater, obviously. But at the same time, you've got to do what's right for the team long term. And I don't know if another contract, be it two or three years, whatever, for Patrick Kane is the right move to make.
0: Yeah, it's a very good argument for sure. I mean, look at that Red Wings team from a couple of years ago. That was historically bad. I mean, they didn't have a Patrick Kane or Alex to bring it. Your best player was Dylan Larkin, who was maybe you could fit in that same category as Alex to bring as the guy they knew was going to be their leader for when they're good again. Yep. But other than that, it was a lot of young players and like veteran bottom six guys. And maybe both of them. I don't want Alex to to go anywhere. I think he is the guy that is going to be the superstar when this team is a Stanley cup contender. Again, Patrick Kane, on the other hand, you know, That's up to him if he's here next year or not. I'm middle of the road on that. I mean, I love Patrick Kane and everything he's done for this organization. But if he comes to Kyle Davidson in July and says, listen, I want to go win a cup next year. Uh, Here's the teams I'd like to get traded to. You owe him that. You owe him that as a franchise to say, okay. And you know what? Big picture, long term. That's probably the best thing this rebuild can have at this point is getting that return for Patrick Kane. I think you'd be able to get a very good, nice return of picks and prospects. Maybe a couple of those veteran players that you plug in for a couple of years as well. You'd probably have to take some salary back, maybe retain half that salary. You can, you've you've got the space for it. There's a lot of different ways you can sweeten that deal. Take a bad contract back for a better veteran player who's on his last year of a contract. Maybe you get an extra first or second round pick. Lots of things you can do. I'm sure we'll talk about that a lot once the season is over. But again, that's up to Patrick Kane. He'll be here if he wants to be here because it's his decision. Blackhawks can't trade him until he says, yes, it's okay. You can trade me. Debrink- yeah, the it- oh, Go ahead. Yeah.
2: No, go ahead. Go on.
0: No, I was just going to say, the brinket on mm-hmm. the other as I said, I want him to stay. Um, and I think, you know, with just to bring it as your, your main offensive guy and a lot of young defensemen coming up, I know there was a question in the queue uh, in the comments about what do you think they'll do for defense? A lot of our future defensemen are playing in Rockford this year. And as they come up and struggle, Alex Brinket's going to have to score like 60 goals for them to not get one <laughs> of those top three picks. So I
1: think it'll be okay. Let's yeah, it, go ahead. Mario, well, and I think,
2: I think you look at, you know, Greg, like you said, like what you would get in a Patrick Kane trade. I mean, you look at what they got for Brandon Hagel and you multiply that, you know, it's, it's, it's going to making the salary work, obviously gets a little bit tricky, but I mean, if the Blackhawks can retain them and take a a contract back, you know, they're going to, they're going to get a pretty hefty um, haul back for him. And for a team that's going to be going into a rebuild, and a team that you know they, they did recoup some of the, the the picks that they were missing. You know they 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 may end up with a first round pick this year after all. Um, but I think going forward, you really have to restock the cupboards of of the prospect system and and get young players who are who are going to be ready to go in the next you know two three four years. Um, defensively, like like Greg mentioned, defensively, you know the Ice Hogs have a lot of those players pretty much ready to go up to the NHL and, and get, uh, you know, get their first real um, real tastes of, of, of the NHL in in the next probably next season, next two seasons. Um, But, but the forwards group is, is like Lucas Reichel and that's about it. You know? Um, So I, I think, and, and goaltending prospects, they have one, you know, no disrespect to, to Dominic Bassey, but Drew Camezzo is, is, is the next goaltending prospect to, to look at. And that's it. So they, they have some rebuilding to do moving. Kane would, would do that, uh, have, allow to have that kind of uh, return to have a big opportunity to, to restock those uh, that, that prospect pool. And yeah, it, it definitely, you know, you, you look at the, the, the charts and graphs, the impact that Kane has on a team for, you know, uh, goals above replacement, wins above replacement, whatever it is um you you extract Patrick Kane from this roster and and those those win totals and those goal totals yeah down yeah
1: so what I heard his
0: numbers probably go down a lot
2: too
1: oh definitely
2: definitely impacted
1: for sure um I what I hear was it Patrick Kane had something like 42 this is inaccurate I'm just trying to recall um like 42 points in his last 21 games or something comical like some ridiculous output lately
2: I looked at it, I looked at it last night, but prior to the game, since February, uh, since February 1st, he's tied with, I think it's Mitch Marner or Roman Yossi, can't remember, um, but tied for the uh, second highest point per game output in, in the league with like 1.7 points per game since February 1st. He's in the top, he's he's like the, the he's in the top five of, of scoring in the league since January 1st. Um, so he's, yeah, basically since the calendar flipped over, he's been on an absolute tear. Pumping um, up
0: that trade value. Way to go. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's, he's, I think he, last I looked, he, he's on pace for like 97 points, which would be his third best uh, career output. So, I mean, he's, he's still, he's still got the talent for sure. He's, you know, you're not, you're not trying to move a, a $10.5 million contract that's heavy with dead money like you would be if you're trying to move Jonathan Taze. Like, Patrick Kane is still playing as a ten million dollar player.
1: No, no doubt, and it's funny. Last week we talked a lot about Taves, and we all sort of reached a conclusion that if Taves went to the Hawks and said, "Can you please trade me?", they'd probably feel a bit relieved. Um, I wonder if it would have if it would be the same feeling with Kane. I don't know. I I think what what we've seen from Davidson so far is he seems to understand what this is going to take, and he understands the reality, and he is not uh sentimentally tied to anyone or anything which is good I think that was a bit of an issue with Stan Bowman especially late in his tenure which is understandable I mean you spend a decade plus with the same group of guys it is hard to just treat them like assets and not treat them like people that's totally natural um but Davidson has come in cold and calculated and has started making moves that are hard on the fans, like the Hagel trade, hard on the fans, the Flurry trade, hard on the fans, but they were the right things to do for the organization. So I'm encouraged that whatever he thinks is right, he will do and is not really, he's not beholden to any old relationships or any old promises. He's a new guy and a new job and seems to be fully empowered to do what he needs to do, which is what we all wanted. So it's going to be really interesting to see um, how this whole thing plays out. Hey, the best way to support... Chgo. I hope you're enjoying it so far. I have been, this has been awesome so far, It's to download the PointsBet app and use code C-H-G-O when you sign up. If you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free C-H-G-O membership, which unlocks all of our web content, including my Derek King piece from today, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the C-H-G-O locker. Recapping, that's two grand in free bets on PointsBet, a free CHGO membership, and a free t shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a $50 or more first time deposit at PointsBet. PointsBet is your home for live in play betting, and it just got even better. Introducing PointsBet's new feature, Live College Basketball Same Game Parlay, for the first time ever. You can build the perfect live same game parlay only with PointsBet. Want more? You can also boost your live same-game parlays. Watch live, parlay live, and boost live with PointsBet. And now, online setup is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Uh, Got in an interesting conversation on Twitter today, um, looking at my uh, (laughs) my my fourth star last night, Eric Gustafson, which was sort of firmly tongue in cheek, but the the tweeter, the Twitter person, the -er -er tweeterer, sort of said, "Why is Eric Gustafson playing?" And valid question. It is a valid question, and I thought about it. And here's two things we know. And Derek King has said that, said both these things. Number one, Alex Vlasic, who is the seventh defenseman for the team right now, is not NHL ready. He's not up to speed. He's not ready to go. And putting him in would be detrimental to his development. The second thing Derek King said was the Rockford Icehawks making the playoffs is very important. So for the moment, with that in mind, and I think he's right on both those things, Right. We praised Davidson and everybody last night for their patience with prospects. They should do the same thing with Vlasic here. Let the Rockford team, as they're currently assembled, fight for playoff position, get in those playoffs and play together. I don't want to see anybody called up. You know, I don't want to see Bodan or Kalnick or Mitchell or whoever come up and take anything away from Rockford right now. It's not going to help. You know, they they need to be down there and get into that and, and battle for the playoffs and get in the playoffs and compete. So I think the best thing to do is as much as it's probably not ideal for Vlasic to just be sitting here, not playing games, at least he's practicing with NHL players and you keep Gustafsson in the lineup until Murphy's ready to come back. And just, I think that's probably the plan until the end of the year. I don't know if you guys agree with that, but I'm trying, I always try to get to like, what are they thinking in playing Eric Gustafsson? And that's sort of the most reasonable answer I can come up with.
2: Well, I'm, I'm trying to look here at, at the who the Blackhawks have under contract that you could pluck from the, the Ice Hogs that might not be detrimental to the lineup and and put in place of Gustafson if you're still going to sit Vlasic or, or send Vlasic down um, just to have as an extra body. And I'm looking at it, and it's it's Mitchell, it's Kalanick, it's Galvis, it's Regula, it's Bodan, it's Phillips. That's, that's all the players you want playing in Rockford right now. Yep. Um, so on, on, unless they're, you know, I, I don't think that they can even, I, I might be wrong, but I don't think after the trade deadline you can sign anyone from an AHL deal to an NHL deal. I, I could be wrong, but, I mean, what would be the purpose of doing that at this point? But I, I don't see anyone that they would take from Rockford to just pull up and be an extra body to send down, Um, Vlasic to, to, to get ice time in Rockford. So uh, yeah, I guess, I guess him playing and practicing alongside the NHLers is, is, is good. Um, But like, like we've seen with, with other players before just practicing, you, you can't get much from that in the long run. You know, he's not really going to get much in development just from practice. He needs to play, he needs to play ice time. So he has the ability to go down to Rockford because he was on the roster at the trade deadline. Um, so if he, if he can, if he can get, get down there and get some ice time, I think that would be important. But yeah, I mean, once Murphy's back, I think that'll be the end of of Gustafson's uh, regular playing time because Derek King's been pretty complimentary of, of Riley Stillman and Caleb Jones recently. So um, I don't see either of those two coming out of the lineup and, you have DeHaan, you have Seth Jones, you have McCabe. And if you have a healthy Murphy, that's your six.
1: I think you also need to figure out what you have in Stillman and what you have in Caleb Jones too, and see if these are, you know, as you evaluate the future, are these guys you want around for the next phase of this rebuild? I think, I think you know, think what you have in Stillman, right?
2: I like this is, I don't know, because,
1: but last year he was so much more effective. He was a lot more physical. He was a lot more, I, I hate the word noticeable, but I, I think that's true. I think Riley Stillman came in and made a really quick impact and turned a lot of heads. And remember, he was not the focal point of that trade. It was Henrik Borgstrom that was the big focus for Sam Bowman with that one. And then Stillman comes in. It's like, oh, this kind of throw-in piece seems to be working out pretty well, and he seemed to establish himself. But then this year, it's been different. I think lately he's been a little gun-shy because of the injury. So he's not mixing it up. He's not as physical, and that's natural. Coming off an injury, you're going to have that – Conscious or subconscious hesitation to get into a corner to or to re injure yourself. But I, I don't know if Riley Stillman is last year's Riley Stillman or this year's Riley Stillman. I think last year's I could see a future for him in this organization. But the way it's gone this year for the for the vast majority of the season for him, eh, he's a guy. He's just a guy and and I mean, you could do worse, but you can do a hell of a lot better.
0: Yeah, I think Stillman was brought back to be what Nikita's door was at a cheaper price and a younger age and,
2: and more mobile.
0: Right. And, and, yeah. you know, for a while, that's what you were he getting is. from yes, him. Absolutely. Uh, for a while, that's what you were getting from him. But yeah, the physicality is kind of stopped. So if he's not bringing the physicality, what exactly do you do here? Riley Stillman? Because we saw a lot last night, the pairing of Stillman and DeHaan got pinned in their zone. Yeah. A lot last night he looked like he was swirling around in a blender half the time he's on the ice. Uh, so, you know, if you're not providing that physicality and those hits that you were paid to do, I'm not sure, uh, but to get back on the Vlasic thing, like Eric Gustafson has become Michael Myers at the end of every Halloween movie. Just when you think he's dead, (laughs) he comes back to life and he gets back in the the goddamn lineup and I'm freaking tired of it. Like, seriously oh Connor Murphy comes back that's going to be the last of Eric Gustafson we've said that nine times this season you know every time Stan bowman has gone Eric Gustafson's gonna be gone this guy's back this guy's back and the guy is still here so
1: yes.
0: he's never gonna die he's like
1: so it's you know, like what about Bob he's never gone exactly. and he opens the door and Bob is still standing it's, it's outside gro- the door
0: it's groundhog day with Eric Gustafson in the lineup every freaking time so if Alex Lassik is not NHL ready what the hell is he doing here? So that's the question. I mean,
1: so do you, because Gus or Vlasic has not played in Rockford. So do you no. send Vlasic to Rockford and be like, here's a new guy. Learn your teammates. Yeah, I would. I you would. would. Okay. You've got,
0: you've got a solid six of young guys down there. You've got Colin Mitchell, Isaac Phillips, Nicholas Bodine, Jakob Galvis, Alex Regula. That's your future defense. That's a lot of those guys are going to be here in the next year or two, but send him down there let him rotate in those things always seem to have a way of working out you got a guy like Ryan Stanton that's still a veteran player down there who a lot of these young guys say is another coach on the ice let him learn from a Ryan Stanton on a daily basis not only what it takes to play on the ice but those little things that it takes to become an actual pro there's a lot that goes into it it's you know training yourself off the ice it's your regimen it's it's setting up an apartment and a phone, simple things that we uh, take for granted. But these guys have never done that before. So maybe a guy like Ryan Stanton, take him under his wing for six weeks. That's not going to hurt him. Um, You know, and then let him play the the, the ice hogs, the AHL schedule. They play a lot of back to back three games in three days. So you're going to need bodies to rotate to keep guys fresh for hopefully a playoff run. At least if he plays once or twice in Rockford, it's a lot better than what he's doing right now. He needs game speed. He needs game action. Yes, the AHL is not the same as the NHL, but it's pretty darn close. And this time of year, and especially if they get in the playoffs, he's going to be facing a lot of veteran guys uh that play physical that play hard and that's what he needs exposure to he doesn't need exposure to jonathan taves taking it easy on him because it's practice he needs exposure to a guy that's been in the league like a stefan nason on the chicago wolves trying to run his ass through the end boards and he needs to hold he needs to hold his own that's where he's going to learn not practicing at the fifth third arena every day he's going to learn getting on some ahl action so if he's admittedly not ready for the nhl Get make your reservations at the Rockford Olive Garden. Get your salad and breadsticks, and get
1: your ass on the ice at the BMO Harris Center. Well, that, that I mean, that has to be the plan. It has to be. Vlasic is here until Murphy is back, and, and no practice for the Hawks today, Tuesday. So no update on Connor Murphy uh, as of yet. Um, so I don't even know what his timeline really is. Um, but he, so yeah, so King
2: ahead. said King said that Murphy was skating. Um, h- has been skating. Okay. yesterday and I think the day before too. So, um, he's, so he is on the ice. Um, it, it, you know, concussions are different for, for each player, each, each time you have one. Um, you know, Tyler Johnson came back, uh, and, and both of them, I think, bo- did both of them leave in the same game? If I remember correctly,
0: I think it was,
2: yeah, something like that. It was, it was either the same yeah, game yeah, or like, consecutive or two games, consecutive consecutive yeah. games. Um, So, you know, Tyler Johnson came back and into the lineup yesterday. I I would be surprised. Again, can't, you know, concussions are different, but I would be surprised if Murphy wasn't back in the next, uh, by the time they play at home, or maybe he goes on the road trip
1: with them. Okay, and then you would hope Vlasic goes to Rockford, Gus becomes the seven, and this is how it goes at the end of the year, barring any sort of injuries or whatever. I want
0: Eric Gustafson to pick me up in an Uber. Next week, that's what I want. You want like, that I want, I want him to pull up in a Honda Accord and drive me where I'm going. I that's, want him that's what I want
1: to, to lose Mario's food order and leave it outside a door we've never seen before. That's what I want. Hey, that, maybe that, it was
0: Eric House. Maybe he heard us bad mouthing him, he's like, "I'll show that
1: guy." Yeah. <laughs> uh, we had a comment yeah. in the chat from uh, Derek. Uh, I, I don't, I can't see the text right now, but basically saying, "There we go." The Hawks don't have to tank for this to be a successful rebuild. It will take smart drafting and build around the number one line. And use the ice hogs well. Uh, We don't know how Kyle Davidson is as a drafter, um, but so far so good with everything else he's done. My thing with Rockford is, aside from Lucas Reichel, who I still don't believe is like a franchise-level player, he's going to be a solid player, a top-six winger for sure, potentially a center, a really good player, but he's not a franchise-altering player. And aside from him, they don't really have any elite prospects in the system at all. You know, Ian Mitchell is probably the highest. And Greg, you'd probably be more both you guys probably more qualified to talk about this than I would be. But if I'm projecting, you know, the the superstar potential or star potential of the prospects, I would say Reichel, then a big drop, then Mitchell, and then uh, (laughs) beyond that, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of guys you could really convince yourself are going to be you know top four defensemen or or top six forwards.
2: They have uh, they have a number – the defensemen that are down there now, I'd say the ceiling the, the ceiling for most of them would be like a good number three. Okay. Yeah. That's what I, I that's what I would I say. I, I'd say I'd say if they if they reached their their top potential, they'd have, you know, the Blackhawks if if they kept all six of those guys around, they'd have they'd have no number one, no number two, but a bunch of threes and fours at, at, at their best. And that's not terrible, but also what's the, what's the percentage chance that all six of them stick one, stick around with the organization long enough to reach those potentials. And two, all of them hit, hit that kind of potential. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think Mitchell is, is still got the potential to be a really solid NHL player, um, to play in a middle pairing role. I like, I like Alec Regula. I like Jakob Galvis too. I think those two guys have, um, you know, a, a good mixture of skills that translate well at the NHL level. Nicholas Bodin is so confusing because he was, you know, a, a first round pick. He was a top, a top tier prospect in, in that draft year. And he's been in Rockford he's, he's played significant minutes for a few seasons now. And I, I, I just see the same player. That I saw when he was first yeah. coming in. There's like, not been a just, lot of growth. Like he just, it's, it's like, I don't know. I don't know if it's just this. Maybe this is his ceiling. I, maybe it was just, uh, you know, he he was really good in junior and then tr- didn't translate to the pro level uh, as well as people thought. So I don't, yeah, I don't, they- I don't know with him.
0: Yeah, Nicholas Bodine hasn't been bad, but you're right. He's right, a yeah. first-round talent. like He's not a guy that goes like, – at least not yet. I still think there's a, a pretty good ceiling for him. You know, some of these guys just take longer to progress, and maybe he's that case where – you know, he's still very young. So, yeah, it is a little disappointing. You'd want to see more from him, but, you know, I think he's kind of transitioning into exactly what he – you know, they want him to be. Does he want to be that two way guy? Does he want to be a more physical guy? He actually leads the Ice Hogs in penalty minutes, which is at least he did up to a couple of weeks ago, which is crazy. He had a couple of game misconducts that helped that along the is line.
2: Well, yeah, which
0: is it's like I don't know if that's good or bad. Is he he's trying not, to he's be not super dropping physical? the gloves,
2: right? Like he's no, not, I mean, you know,
0: no. I mean, he takes he take some, you know, penalties. He there, he I remember we had one. Game misconduct because he said the magic word to, to an official and they told him to get lost. So, you know, there's some there's some fire and passion there, my friends. But yeah, I don't know. And, I've, and I'm i seeing a lot of um, I'm seeing a lot of comments today about, you know, tanking and hey, let's just get the best pick possible this year the Hawks aren't going to get it unless they get the first or second pick. And then that pick from the Seth Jones trade gives, goes to Columbus next year, no matter what. And as far as I'm concerned, I would rather have the top two pick in 2023 than 2022. Shane Wright is probably going to be a pretty good player. Nice player. Patrice Bergeron type player, but those three kids that are available in 2023, Connor Bedard, Mitch Koff out of Russia. And, and I uh, got the kid playing for the steel. I can't think of his name right now, uh, like uh, Adam, Adam, uh, Fant- 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 Fantinelli. Fant- Fantanelli. Fantinelli those three guys are the type of prospect you need so yeah while the, while it's nice to say hey maybe the Blackhawks can somehow get the first pick this year and get Shane Wright that wouldn't be terrible by any means necessary but I'd rather have one of those three guys available next year so maybe get you know let Columbus get the fifth or sixth pick and and reap the rewards of the trade they made and then focus on trying to get one of those top three picks next season um and you mentioned that we've got seven young defensemen, and when you throw Alex Vlasic in the mix, all of those guys aren't going to be Blackhawks. And we Nolan Allen that. too. Yes, Nolan Allen, another yeah. first round excellent pick. Um, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> no, here's the thing. Here's the thing with Nolan Allen. No offense Alex, to him, he's a good player. He's just it's not his fault that he was drafted two rounds earlier than he should have been.
2: Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like people say, oh, he would have been there in the, in the third round. Like, okay, sure, maybe, but I mean, if you if you kind of take a look at what he's been able to do, uh, this season. I mean, he's, he's playing on the top pair, uh, in the WHL. I mean, he's, he's, he's not a, um, he's not a big point producer, but he's a, he's a guy that I think can turn into uh, a physical presence. I mean, that that's something we've seen the Blackhawks kind of turn the corner on with defensemen. They went from like small, fast puck movers to like, let's just get as much size in the blue line as, as we can with the ability to have some offensive potential. I think that we, Regula, he, you know, he was, he was acquired, not drafted, but Vlasic um, Ethan Del Mastro is, is a player like that. And, um, and, and Nolan Allen. So, I mean, I think those are, those are guys that they've they've looked at as like needing those kinds of players. And I, you know, I think he, is he, is he going to be worthy of being a, a first round pick, even though he was what, what 32nd overall? Uh, 31st overall like is he going to be you know worthy of that first round pick uh expectations probably not and i think if you temper those expectations you're going to be a little bit more pleasantly surprised with nolan allen than thinking oh he was a first round pick and now he's you know all he does is is hit people or whatever like okay but i mean if if they get a service if they get a you know a guy who can play in in their top six and 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 eat some minutes and, and be physical out of him that's a win
1: and remember too, the, the guy who did all these made all these moves is gone. So yeah, right, <laughs> like exactly. at this point, you might as well just make the best yeah. of it. I think we see a lot of that with the Seth Jones conversation as well. Oh, they gave up too much and they're paying him too much. Like, that's correct. I agree. However, Seth Jones is here. He's going to be here for the for a very, very long time. So you better just get used to it and learn to appreciate the many, many, many really good things Seth Jones does. He is a number one defenseman. He can move the puck. He's physical. He's fast. Like he's he's the total package. Is he Nick Lidstrom? No, he's not. Is he Roman Yossi? No, he's not. But he is in that second A tier of defensemen and he's gonna be a part of the Hawks for a long time. So instead of complaining about him, every game and the fact that he exists on the Blackhawks, get used to it and enjoy the good things he provides because they vastly outweigh the bad. Is he a perfect player? no he's not but he's the best damn defenseman they have now or will likely have in the near or distant future so yeah, I mean, embrace he, it he, he
2: came into the in, he came to the team and has done everything that they could have ex- expected him to do the 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 trade that he you know the trade that got him here a lot of people didn't like the extension doesn't help but what he does on the ice is exactly what the Blackhawks we're expecting him to do. He's not going to, he's probably not going to contend for a Norris maybe ever again, but he's like you said, Jay, he's a number one defenseman, which the Blackhawks did not have. So, so yeah, he's, he's here and he's been providing exactly what he was expected to. And for, for one reason or another, there's going to be a portion of the fans that just don't give him any credit for it.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's a bit unfair. Some people act like, you know, they gave Eric Gustafson that big deal. <laughs> like, oh, that's something to be outraged over. Yeah, does Seth Jones have his flaws? Absolutely, he does. And playing on a on a weak defensive team exposes those flaws more than if he was had some help out there every once in a while. Sometimes he's on an island, and and you know, it doesn't know what, you know it's hard to blame him for some of these things. And there are some things early in the season, you could tell he was a guy trying to do too much
1: trying to justify and, the contract. Yep.
0: And that, that you can pin on him. And I did. And a lot of us did, you can pin that stuff on him, but as the season progressed, he's, he's eating up the minutes you need him to do. He's playing against the top competition. That the opponents are throwing at him all, all the time. And you know, he, uh you know, it, it, it is what it is he's here he's the best defenseman on this team he's going to be the best defenseman on this team for the next few years so you know maybe just forget about what he's getting paid because that's not his fault and you know let him just appreciate what he can bring instead of constantly pointing out what you want him to be
1: if your boss came to you and said i'm going to pay you two million dollars over what you're worth you would say yes
0: Yes, <laughs> you would no, I've me. never heard. I, none of us yeah. will say, "Hey, boss, you're paying me way too much money." I'm, I'm not worth, worth
1: that. that. I'm sorry. Nobody yeah,
0: nobody would ever say that. Right. So, you know, especially in pro sports, these types of contracts in the hockey, especially, a lot of guys never get to this point. So, cash in. I will never get mad at a player for getting more money, the most money possible. That's what you play the game
1: for. Yep.
2: Yeah, and and this is you know one of the many kind of messes that Kyle Davidson is inheriting and that he's going to have to try and fix over the next couple of seasons or not necessarily fix but make work around what the the rest of the team is going to do with the rebuild so you know it's he's he's got a thankless job and you know the, the extension coming the extension kicking in next season is not going to make it easier as far as the salary cap goes but you know Seth Jones is is being paid as a top pair defenseman and that's the role he's fitting for the Blackhawks so yeah let's just just kind of what you have to, what you have to deal with, and what you have to work with. And um, you know, speaking of eating minutes, uh, I am trying to uh, be eating healthier, uh, despite what it, maybe missing out on DoorDash was better for my health in the long run. Uh, but Athletic Greens has uh, has joined on with uh, CHGO Sports as a, as a sponsor, and they're really excited about their new AG One product. Uh, I know Jay, you've spoken about your wife using it. She I've been loves using it. It's, it's been doing, it's been doing what it's supposed to. It's, it's, you know, it's there to improve your gut health, to optimize your immune system and give you some more natural energy. I, I've definitely been feeling those, uh, those benefits. And in just one scoop of AG one, you are absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens that help you start your day off. Right. And it's good if you have different uh, dietary restrictions, or you know, any kind of lifestyle diet, whether it's gluten-free or vegan or dairy-free or paleo, whatever it is, uh, with AG1, you're good to go. It's easy to incorporate into your life no matter how busy you are. It's a small once-a-day habit with big benefits. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day, that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash chgoblackhawks. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash chgoblackhawks to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance.
1: Yeah, my wife has been taking it every day and loves it. Uh, Greg, reminder, bring yours in tomorrow for my wife to steal. Um, in my bag. Yeah, she's into it, man. She she really likes it. Uh, got a question here from Ryan in the chat. He says, what do you guys think of Kirby Doc at the moment? Anything there other than a middle sixer? We got into this a lot on last night's podcast, but we do realize that with five shows a week and varying hours and times and all those things that not everybody hears every episode. So we can get into it a little bit. Um, my thought was, wow, the number three overall pick from a few years back is not playing in this game. And I'm not even noticing that he's not there. And that to me is concerning. I thought he would be way more along in his development than he is. I thought he'd be a way more impactful player night to night night than he has been. Not giving up on him. He's still very young. um, But it's just a little bit. This to me is is, you know uh, example one of many of Stan Bowman rushing a prospect to the NHL when they were not ready. Not giving them any time to develop in the minors and forcing them to, I don't know, sell tickets or to try to slap a bandaid on a bad team, whatever the reason was, it was wrong. And uh, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned that Kirby doc's development is permanently stunted. I hope I'm wrong. I love the kid. Seems like a wonderful guy, uh, wants to be great. You can tell he wants to be good. He works really hard, but it's just, it just hasn't clicked with him yet. And I'm starting, I'm entering concerned territory
2: I think the, the injury, the broken wrist, both physically and mentally, uh, sapped a lot of his confidence. Sure. And that's something Confidence is something we've we, we, we've talked about with Kirby Doc ever since you know we've we've started the, this this CHGO Blackhawks podcast, and I think he is better than what he's shown. Um, I think he, he wants, like you said, Jay, he wants to to be you know a, a top player, uh, worthy of the third overall pick. I think when he came into the league, the expectation was, oh, this is going to be an, a, the next Jonathan Taze, the next Ryan Getzlav, like a big-bodied big, you know, big bodied centerman who can you know, kind of do a little bit of everything and hasn't, uh, hasn't had the you know, hit-the-ground-running effect that I think a lot of people had hoped and expected him to do. And I think it all ties back to the injury. I, I think he's, he's, he doesn't have the same physical confidence and he just doesn't have the same mental confidence in his game. Um, I, I, had hoped this season would, you know, after being able to recover from the, from the injury not have to play hurt anymore. Uh, I think that would have, I would have hoped that that would have translated, but it hasn't. And I think one thing that I know we've mentioned before, uh, especially with his confidence is moving him out of the center role. Yes. He's young. Yes. He's still learning and, and taking faceoffs against Jonathan Taze every day can, should be able to help your development, but the guy can't win a face-off to save his life, even in practice against Jonathan Tays. We've seen it, you know, you, you see it a, a, after practice, before they leave the ice, you know, Doc and Tays working on faceoffs, and it's just Tays taking his lunch money. <laughs> and it's just like, you That's know, you, you, you do, you do that every day in practice. You go out and you, you win 25%, 30% of your draws in a game. Like you, you know, what, whatever you do away from that is, is fine. But I mean, when you're a centerman, People can overblow the importance of faceoffs. I think they're important. I'd rather start a play with the puck than not. Um, so I think getting Doc away from center and, and having him be able to develop his game as a wing without the pressure of having to to take faceoffs and and lose faceoffs and lose a lose a faceoff that leads to a goal or you know things like that. I think that can can change his confidence. And I don't know if if he turns out to be a, a second line player, a solid second-line player, that's fine. Um, I, I know some people in the in the chat are mentioning some of the players that were drafted after him. Yep. I, like, like, like Arthur's saying, hindsight's 20, 20 but also seeing Mord Sider and Trevor Zegers and Matthew Boldy succeed, uh, it's not helping his case uh, as he's trying to develop.
1: You know, One, one thing I want to remind everybody of, too, remember the playoff bubble? Remember that whole deal? Um, Kirby Dock was one of the best players on the ice for either team. And that's the hopes were like okay here we go, and then the broken wrist happens.
0: Yeah, what we see here is a player in Kirby Doc that has zero confidence right now, and that's that's a problem. And maybe you know, in, in in a right, you know, his own enemy right now, worst enemy appears to be in between his ears. He's thinking too much out there and he's grabbing his stick to it. Maybe, you know, how many times have we seen him right in front of the net and either hit the post or the goalie make a good save or whiff on the shot?
1: Or pass. And it,
0: yeah. And and then he, you, they show him on the bench and he just looks like a guy like, what 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 the hell do I have to do? Maybe he gets a couple of those goals these last few games and he gets some confidence at the heading into the offseason would be a good thing. Playing him at the wing is where he needs to be. He's not a center. I don't think he's ever going to be a center. He's definitely not that franchise-era parent to Jonathan Taves that everybody thought he was going to be, or at least maybe the reason he was drafted to be. I'm not going to say everybody thought that. Listen, we can't change where he was drafted. Sure, we can go if we can go in a time machine, we'd take somebody else at that pick, but we can't. But as Jay, as you said, the guy that picked him is no longer here. The guy that completely screwed him with zero development and threw him in the lineup is not here. Uh, Kyle Davidson is showing as we talked about he's got more patience with these young players so hopefully the sins of the past aren't repeated going forward because the Blackhawks may have another number three overall pick coming hopefully they have a couple of those guys coming in the next couple of years so you can learn from the mistakes and the failures of your predecessor and hopefully not repeat those and if that's what comes out of this then okay fine um, I'm not giving up on Doc completely yet either but the ship has sailed, as far as I'm concerned, is it being a franchise center. Can he still be you know, a second-line contributor? Yeah, I think so. But that's not what you draft through overall. Right. So I'm not saying he's a bust, but I'm saying he's a major disappointment.
1: Hey, if you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the points bet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but... If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. And in case you missed it, online signup is available in Illinois right now. You can actually download the PointsBet app today and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sportsbook, easier than ever, so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet gambling problem. Call 1-800-522-4700. We got a little bit of news from um, Pierre Lebrun this morning, fellas, from the GM meetings. And apparently the Kyles have made nice and have made up. They have squashed oh their God. beef, which is my favorite thing to do with beef before I eat it is to squash it between the bread <laughs> uh, and things seem to be OK. It's interesting. There was a panel at the GM meetings about um, leaks occurring in the media. And typically what what LeBron said was a rookie GM usually at the GM meetings will keep his mouth shut and just sort of watch and learn. Uh, but Davidson made a point to stand up right away in that meeting. First guy to speak and say, hey, I'm as concerned about this as anybody. I know we just had an incident with the Leafs where something leaked out, uh, but I take this very seriously. So good on him to acknowledge it. Um, I don't think it was Kyle Davidson leaking this to the media. It doesn't seem to be his personality at all, but uh, addressed it with Dubas addressed it with the other GMs in the league. And uh, hopefully that's behind him because Toronto's got some good players. I wouldn't mind having at some point.
2: Are Are we not, are we not certain that it didn't come from Toronto? Because Darren Darren Dreger was the one who reported it. you think I I would not put it past, uh, you know, Dreger to be more connected to Toronto than he is to Chicago.
0: Toronto is very leaky. Everything, everybody is focused on Toronto. The Blackhawks have always done a really good job of playing with their cards, cards close to the vest. You rarely ever hear what they're going to do. You know, they've been very good at kind of keeping everything in house. So, if, if I was pulling up that points bet app and there was a bet of which organization leaked that information, <laughs> I'd be placing my yeah. money that it came
2: out of Toronto <laughs> and not Chicago. Right. So, and, yeah, and, I, and I'm glad that it's whatever it's, it's behind everybody. That's fine. But it, uh, I mean, it, the whole thing is so stupid. It's dumb, right? It, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of it was dubious. So, there's so many rumors and, and reports that come out that aren't true. That right. it's just like, who cares and you like, know like, some of these gms are the
0: ones telling these guys information yeah. to get it out there i mean come on let's not for dubis dubis to me dubis looked like a complete ass with all of this and yeah. that's not me being a homer but you know i'm thinking he was just sick and tired of hey why didn't you trade for mark andre or brendan hagel that he just like well i'm going to deflect maybe this will take some of the heat off of me but you know I whatever. I'm glad they kissed and made up. Let's make a trade. Give us Peter Mrazik's bad contract. So when it's time to trade Mitch Marner, you give him us, and and, you know you send him this way in three years. Future considerations that means it is it is what it is. Austin Matthews,
1: future considerations. Yes. (laughs) Yes.
0: Greatest future considerations ever. Yeah, that'll work. Uh we're before we get into our last little fun segment here. If you're enjoying this podcast, please make sure you're clicking that like button and subscribing to the CHGO. YouTube channel and subscribe wherever you listen. If you're listening in the podcast audio only form, make sure you're subscribing there as well. So you never miss an episode, not only of CHGO Blackhawks, but all our great shows. Yeah. And if you haven't become a CHGO member yet, seriously, what are you waiting for guys? I mean, this is another way to support this show and all of our great content headed over to all CHGO.com. And and I know all of you guys sitting there aren't just Blackhawk fans. You love all Chicago sports. Well, that's what CHGO does. It gives you great shows and exclusive members-only written content. So go over, become a member. It's as cheap as you can get, and it's such a great value. Not only will you get continuing access to all of our great podcasts, but you get that members-only exclusive written content. We've all put up some pieces in the last few days. I wrote about Kyle Davison not being Stan Bowman. Uh, Mario put up a great article about future uh, leadership and what it might look like after number 19 isn't here. And, of course, Jay today had his Derek King article. Um, great stuff up there. We're going to continue giving us great stuff. Plus, you also get a free shirt, any shirt you want. Obviously, we're partial to that really cool Blackhawks shirt. It's and nice. if you see that logo right down there, uh, you can get that on a shirt and uh or if you want to get one of the other just all CHGO shirts you can they're great stuff dope merch as our own Luke Stuckmeyer uh put on the first day
1: I'm dabbing and you for also the, get you kids. also get
0: exactly and you also get uh access to our members only discord server where you can chat with fellow friends and uh a lot of the writers pop in now and then as well so it's great for the Blackhawks fan but i know you also love the bears the bulls the Chicago Sky, yeah. the only reigning champions in the city of Chicago, and no matter what side of town, if you're a Cubs fan or a Sox fan, or you're one of those weirdos that likes both, we got those teams covered too. So just head over allchgo.com, become a member, and uh, we'll give you a high five when we see a, when we see you in one of those uh, <laughs> awesome CHGO shirts. And uh, something else we're kind of having fun with here uh, with the Blackhawks is. Um, we're doing our March Madhouse Madness tournament, uh, where we put up 64 of the best Blackhawks of all time and let you guys decide who the best of all time. And we're down to the sweet 16. We posted them this morning. So I think before we wrap up here, we'll quickly go through these kind of fun brackets. Uh, and we're going to start with our 300 level bracket, the regional semis, as we have it and the 300 level we got some interesting matchups. Number one seed, Stan Makita. will take on the number five seed, Patrick Sharp. And in the bottom half, we got a 2-3 matchup. Duncan Keith versus Jeremy Ronick Pretty cool. It's pretty that's a, interesting. That's a, that's that's a good one. one. It is a good one. Um, I think I got to go top two seeds, but we'll see how that plays out. A lot of the cup guys are still remaining. Not a surprise considering, you know, Twitter users. That's, that's their era, so – That's our 300 level. Go to CHGO underscore Blackhawks on Twitter and place your votes. Uh, Moving on from there, there is my favorite region, the Detroit sucks region. Uh, We have number one seed Patrick Kane versus number five seed Ed Belfour, one of three goalies in the Sweet 16. And then in the bottom half, this is a real tough one. Uh, Number two, Denny Savard versus number three, Brent Seabrook. Uh, as much as I love Eddie Belfour, I don't see him beating Patrick Kane. But no. that's Savard Seabrook, man, that is that's that's a flip of a coin, right? That's a
1: there. good one. It's real tough. I, I'm gonna I will tell the audience I went with Seabrook because titles matter. Ooh. Yeah, and I. I, I and yeah, got three, you know. Yeah, I, I hard to argue.
0: It's hard to argue with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and then we have. Uh, the cheering the Anthem region and uh, Bobby Hull, the number one seed has gotten through, uh, but he's had the lowest amount of vo- votes of all of our four number one seeds. And he's going to have figure. a tough matchup. Mm, yeah, I know figure. it's got nothing to do with his playing either, but um, you know, I necessarily didn't want to include Bobby Hull in this, but you have to, when you're talking about on ice only, but he's got a number five matchup with Tony Amante and uh, based on the early votes, it's not looking is, good for Bobby Hall. It might I think be this the end is where the run
2: yeah. where the first first number one seed falls here. I think
0: it's it's starting to look that way. But you have until Thursday to vote. So, and then the other half of that bracket, we have one of our Cinderella stories: the six seed Nicholas Jarmelson versus the two seed Chris Chelios, and that is going to be a matchup of well, the voters. What era of black hockey, hockey they put in? Because you got to go Chelios there, but that's so hard. and have. how
2: much and how much salt <laughs> is in your diet. Right. So, you know, that's that's a tough one.
0: And finally, the Madhouse region. We've got another one five matchup. Only one four seed got to the sweet 16. We got uh, former teammates. This is a tough one, too. Number one, Jonathan Tays versus number five, Marion Hosa. That's a tough five, man. I, yeah. I voted for Hossa because just I love Marion Hosa. That's a tough five. And on the bottom half, we've got a matchup of all time great goaltenders. The two seed Tony Esposito versus the six seed Corey Crawford. Esposito the greatest goaltender in franchise history, but Jay, you just said titles matter. And depending on when you watch the Blackhawks, I think Corey Crawford's getting to the Elite Eight here.
2: I have to uh I have to admit. I love Tony Esposito. I met I met him one time. He signed a pitcher for me. He was my dad's favorite player back in the day. I went with Corey Crawford. As I did just, too. That's my generation. I no, no
0: disrespect to Tony. Oh, great guy. met him a few times. Lovable guy. I got to interview him uh, a few years ago, and he, was, he interviewed me for most of that interview. He wanted <laughs> to know more about me, and I wanted to know about him. Great guy. He's dearly missed. Yeah. But I voted for Corey Crawford because, man, they don't win those Cups in 2013 to 15 without him.
1: Yeah, uh, that's tough, man. I'm I'm glad that fans are finally giving Crawford his due now that he's gone, because he was so seemingly loathed when he was here. Like yeah. Crawford talks, he's a weak link. Like,
0: what? What are we talking yeah. about here? You know, he's been replaced by Seth Jones. I think.
1: Yeah, I guess so. That's the new Public Enemy Number One. <laughs> this guy's really good, but he's not perfect, so I hate him. This is fandom. This is fandom. This is what it looks like. So, all right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of CHGO Blackhawks podcast. We're back tomorrow at 1230, live at 1230. So join us there as well. Uh, Make sure you check out all the great stuff at all chgo.com, including my piece on Derek King, Mario's piece last week on Jonathan Taves. Greg I have wrote another about, one on uh, Jonathan
2: Taves coming up, too. He just appears to be my favorite thing to write about.
1: Well, tomorrow's a big uh, Thursday? Yeah, thir- Thursday? Thursday is, is uh, game 1,000 for Jonathan Taves. And Thursday I saw John Dietz one. point out something interesting that had Quenville not been fired for his negligence in a sexual assault case, um, he would have been present for Taves's and Kane's 1,000th games as a visiting oh, yeah. coach. Yeah, because they
2: both came against the Panthers. Isn't
1: that cool? Oh, well, it's <laughs> not going to happen. No. Oh, well. Too bad, so sad. It's All bad, right. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We want to remind you, as always, that we are presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get those two risk-free bets up to $2,000 for Greg Boyson and Mario Tiribasi. I'm Jay Zawaski. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 1230 on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.